There's the snap. McPherson kicks it up. The 48-yard field goal is good. And they have come to Jacksonville and beaten the Jaguars 34-31 in overtime on a Monday night at Everbank Stadium. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and oh, my pocket. Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday. I am officially out of my semi-depressive state. Mm. Right? Got my nap in yesterday, Tony, so I'm ready to clear the decks and uh, hopefully try to focus on what the Jags can do positively in the final five weeks of the season. But uh, the injuries are hanging like a cloud over this matchup with the Cleveland Browns uh, ahead. But uh, I do, I feel like I'm not, I don't think I'm an extremist on the Jags, right? I, I, I do live in the moment. And Tony will probably tell you, you watch a game with me, it's like, oh my God, it's gloom and doom. Something goes wrong. <laughs> They're up 21 to nothing pockets and the, the Jags give up a field goal. I'm like, damn it, it's slipping away. That's mm-hmm. it. That's kind of how I am. Yeah, you're more the pessimist than the optimist. I am more the, the moment, pessimist, yeah. right? But, I mean, some of the stuff that I see from people out there make me think, oh, I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm just really not an extremist when it comes to that. Um, just a couple of replies as I was okay. going through some of the reaction from yesterday. I do read all the, the things you sent. If we, we don't read them all on the air. Yeah. You know, sometimes we read a few select ones, whatever. Or, you know, sometimes if you're interested, if you're following along the program, the threads are just kind of fun to read through to see what other people's opinions are on a subject matter that means something to you. No right? doubt. So, a couple of them yesterday that I got um, coming in, just asking for a reaction to the game. And it is your reaction. I'm just struck by some of them. Uh, what's it going to take for the Jags to be a team that doesn't lose like that? San Francisco, Philadelphia, Miami, and a few more would not have taken the beating we did. The score doesn't reflect how poorly we played. Okay. Uh, I would say the scoreboard usually reflects how the game went. Usually, but I, I get it. Some, like I felt the Jags played better against the Texans than the final score indicated. Right? I thought the sure. Jags were pr- pretty much in control of that game. Sure, right? the so, defense got absolutely hammered on Monday night. The offense was fine. Yes, yes. but uh, And I get it. Like If you felt like because of that you were never going to stop Cincinnati, and, and I got right. that. Like, right, and end. I get being in your feelings coming out of that game. Like I said it right after the game, get through it however you need to get through it, right? And hopefully – We're doing a job here that allows you to at least get it out if the people in your circle are tired of hearing you complain about what happened on Monday night. Bring them to us. That's fine. Like, it's not going to hurt our feelings for you to complain about what happened with the Jaguars game on Monday. It's just going to help me put my own thoughts in perspective a little bit here, okay? And to the point where I – look, when you had Beathard in there, Tony, I really – I think I asked at one point – if they go down in overtime mm-hmm. and it's like fourth and goal at the three-yard line and there are five minutes left, do you kick the field goal yeah. <laughs> to take the lead yeah. knowing that you've got to stop Cincinnati or do you go for it and try to win the game right there? Yeah, that because may have been the result if the Calvin Ridley catch it stood, but we don't been, know. Right, yeah. you know, but who knows? So hopefully they would have punched it in. They would have yeah. had first and goal at the two. But the, the point being – you and I talk about this amongst ourselves all the time. Sometimes we bring it up on the air. I think people 
get so down the rabbit hole with the team that they care about, yep. and their vision is only focused on that. They when don't th- see the league. The examples yeah. in this very tweet, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Miami, and a few more would not have taken a beating like we did. Well, let's review oh. the tape. Okay? Philadelphia lost to the Zach Wilson-led New York Jets. They did. Right? Uh, now, is that worse than losing to Jake Browning? I don't know that it is. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, Cincinnati and the Jets probably are, the, the rest of the rosters are fairly comparable. They're both thought with their quarterback of choice, yeah. they're going to be playoff contenders. Cincinnati may be a Super Bowl contender. Others thought the Jets might be. Yeah. Whatever. That's And they one just example. got beat down by the Niners, too. Right. It's different. Trying, it's not. But, I right, get what you're Niners saying, The Niners are though. like the elite elite. I get I, it. It's the Browning comparison. Right. Like, I get I'm it. not, no, I don't think anybody's saying, oh, man, how did the Jags ever lose to Kansas City? Right? And no. And yes, they got beat down by San Francisco and you're disturbed by the margin and the ease of it, but not the fact that you lost to San Francisco. No. I think the fact that you lost to Cincinnati with Jake Browning, with all the circumstances, is enough. Forget this. It's uh, got it, people up in arms. Could have yeah. been a three-point overtime game like it was. Could have been a 17-point regulation victory. Sure. And it would have had people upset either way. San Francisco lost to the Cleveland Browns when P.J. Walker was playing quarterback oh. this year. Miami... The very week before the Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills, Miami lost to that same exact Bills team by 28 points. <laughs> so you're telling me Miami would not have taken the beating we did? They, they took a much worse one. Yeah. By four touchdowns. Yeah. And the Jags, the, not two months later when a bunch of injuries set in, the very next week beat that Bills team. Yeah. To give you an idea of what the NFL is, that's the NFL. Right, It's that the Buffalo Bills early on in the season, they beat Miami as badly as they did the week before they play the Jags in London, and the conversation coming out of that with the Bills beating Miami that badly was, are the Bills the best team the in best the NFL? The best team in the league. Statement game, AFC East is still ours. We got uh, you know, sandbagged in week one and yeah. lost to the Jets, and, and that's not the real Bills team. And look at us now, and we're going to hit our stride. Yeah. And now they're in a position where they can't afford to go less than 4-1 and one in the last five to probably make the playoffs. Right, and it's, and Miami's the number one seed in the AFC yeah. at the moment, right? I, it's I mean, the league. So it happens. It, it does happen, even to the best teams out there. Now, I'm not saying this was an acceptable loss. I'm sure those teams felt those losses were unacceptable as well. Mm -hmm. But to suggest that the Jags are the only team in contention for like a high playoff seed that this happens to. Yeah. What did Miami and Philadelphia do the next week? Uh, Miami, I know, won. I feel mm-hmm. They both won. Yeah. Yeah, they both won. Because okay. Philly only had the one loss until this week. And yeah. I, I don't remember exactly. The good teams don't stack played. them up. That's how you find out if your team's any good. It doesn't happen week after week. It happens every now and then where someone gets you. But it doesn't happen all the time. And you overcome whatever the adversity is to find a way to win. Did, did Purdy miss all those 49er losses? Uh, Purdy didn't. Debo missed Debo one or two. did. Chris um, Williams. Williams missed all of them. Yeah, they were banged up. I mean, look, San Fran, though, to me, if the evidence is not great enough, I don't know when it will be uh, unless they just steamroll their way through the postseason. They're yeah. clearly the best team in the league. There's no doubt. I mean, I was looking at it this weekend. The three losses they had, they scored 17 points, and that's when they were dealing with those uh-huh. injuries to Williams and Debo, and those kind of things were happening to the team. When they have their guys on the field, I don't think the 49ers are a deep football team I think they're very top heavy but their top is crazy good uh right especially on the offensive side of the ball 
when they don't have those guys, they lost three games, they were scoring 17 points a game in those games. If you take that out, the 49ers are scoring 35 points a game. They are ridiculously good when they have all their options available to them. And Philadelphia just found out about it for sure, right? Like, that's the team that's supposed to be at the top of the NFC. San Francisco said, all right, we'll have something to say about who's the top of the NFC. We lost those three games in a row. Our guys are back, right? And put the whole league on notice. They are clearly the best team in the NFL right now. If they're healthy, they're going to be tough to get out. Yeah, by the way, they lost uh, to the Bengals by 14. Of course, Joe Burrow was the quarterback, right? So it's a huge difference, and I get that. But uh, they did have Purdy in that game. They had McCaffrey in that game. They had Ayuk. They had Kittle. They didn't have Debo. Didn't have Debo. That's one guy. You know, you're going to have to – Get, you know, Minnesota went on a five-game winning streak as soon as they lost Justin Jefferson yes, this year. Yes, they did. You know, you got to find a way to adapt. I know it's easier said than done because that I hate the cliche of next man up because the next man up's not as good as the first man up. Sometimes he can kind of rally the the yeah. effort and play. It's the mentality you have to have when you lose sure. a guy is the next man up, but there's a reality. Because that's all you got, right? The yeah. reality is if he was as good as that guy or better, he'd be out there already, yeah. but – you know, and the depth is what it is. The you know the reserves are just not going to be as good. But regardless, he had that one, and then this one on on Trevor Lawrence. Oh, um, Jake Browning played like the generational quarterback, and Trevor played like the backup. When is he going to show up? What? What? This is what I got yesterday. Mm. Like Trevor Lawrence was the problem. I I get it. He had a few plays, like that throw to Parker Washington, got bailed out, right? I mean, he had he threw the ball a little bit behind Zay Jones. Are we saying he has to be perfect on every throw? He had a passer rating of over 125. Mm-hmm. He didn't throw a pick. He counted for three touchdowns, and he didn't get to finish the game because he got stepped on. I mean, what do you mean he played like the backup? Yeah. I mean, the defense played like, I don't know even how to characterize it, but I just like be, so. Is it the bottom line? If your team loses, you the quarterback can't have played well. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, two quarterbacks can't have a great duel, and I'm not saying this was a great duel. Uh, it shouldn't have been a great duel, in my opinion. Okay, but I think Trevor Lawrence held up his end of the bargain without question. I just, I like, I wonder, like, is that somebody who just in the back of their mind was like skeptical of Trevor Lawrence or whatever. You know what I mean? And you know, Like, I don't know what would convince them to and, come and off those of those kind of yeah. people, whether it's that or any other subject, they look for anything that they think will bolster their argument. And they, aha, there's evidence. He didn't beat Jake Browning. Therefore, yeah. he must be less than Jake Browning. Yeah. The defense was less than Jake Browning. Yeah. Uh, Trevor night. Lawrence was 22 of 29 for 258 yards and two touchdowns and it snuck in a third on Sunday before the injury. They were on a drive that could have ended in the end zone again, right, for that Jaguars offense this week. I, as I said before the show when we were discussing this, it's Trevor Lawrence was on his way to being in the discussion for the offensive player of the week in the league for the third week in a row. That's the kind of game Trevor Lawrence was playing, and there, there's at least one out there who thinks he should be the backup to Browning. I mean, like, like, I get it. Browning had a great game. It's nuts. And, and you can argue, you know, Jake Browning had a better game. A, they, they won. Played a great right? game. He, he was fantastic. But yeah. that, that Trevor's not try, out there trying to cover 
they're not head receiver. to head. Yeah, <laughs> he's not trying to come off the edge and put pressure on him. You know, it's just it's odd to me. So anyway, today can't anticipate we're going to hear a lot of backup names called this mm-hmm. week, right? Because you're going to have Parker Washington playing for Kirk. Maybe you're going to have Beathard starting. I mean, I, I think it's going to be Beathard, but I that's just a thought. I don't have any, I have no more inside on that than anybody else. You've heard the public comments of Doug Peterson. You'll hear them again on the program today. So, But I think it'll be Beathard. But you got Beathard playing perhaps for Trevor. You got Blake Hance for Walker Little perhaps. You got Greg Jr. for Herndon and, uh, and all these – Things are possibilities, right? I, I, I hope they all mm-hmm. get healthy and they sprinkle the the healing powers and powders <laughs> and whatever, and yeah. and it's great. But if you assume they all had to start, which one of these guys, Bethard, Washington, Hans, or Junior, you have the most confidence in? And I understand if you look at the box score, totally get it. And even if you don't, even if you factor everything in, you may still come to the same conclusion that Parker Washington is the guy. I just think it's interesting that. It has been reported through multiple sources that Parker Washington didn't execute the play properly in which Trevor got hurt, and by not having his head turned around, caused Trevor to hang on to the football. And maybe, you know, you can't know exactly where his foot would have been spatially. If he releases that football, maybe somebody else steps on it, right? Mm -hmm. But it did happen the way it happened. Yeah. And yet, oh, yeah, I trust the guy that got the quarterback. (laughs) Played up for a, at least the rest of the game more than any of these other options. I just thought it was interesting. And by the way, I'm not sure I wouldn't pick the same option. We'll debate those a little mm-hmm. bit later on. Um, so anyway, you can go to the uh, Twitter poll if you want and just cast a one-click ballot. Over uh, 340 have already done that. We just put that thing up there. So, um, you know, obviously you're still engaged right now. And why wouldn't you be? You're in first place. You're Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Got to find a way to beat the Cleveland Browns this week. We'll discuss that today. John Osher is going to come in. Got a bunch of folks want to get in on the phone line. So we'll do that in the very next segment. Um, might have Donovan Darius pop in my, I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, double D. I, I might, I might grace you with my presence or not. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so, uh, but uh, today let us know, assuming they all had to start, which backup you have the most confidence in that there won't be this drastic fall off what you've seen by the Christian Kirk pretty damn good you know and we heard a lot about it wasn't I don't think it was just that one play Uh, you know and I get it he's a rookie he hasn't played much on offense you're out there on Monday night football in a big moment I'm not saying trying to bury Parker Washington saying that he's never going to have a great career he I voted for him for player of the game before Mm -hmm. I realized his role in the uh the injury kind of thing I thought his performance on the field was outstanding Mm -hmm. right caught all six of his targets and broke that play up in the end zone and got himself a touchdown out of it, which was uh, phenomenal and handled the return duties as well. So not saying it's the wrong answer. I just think it's interesting that he is the clear-cut choice of over 60% of the people yeah. uh, so far, given those options. All right, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines if you want to get in or on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We'll get your calls in next. We'll hear from Doug Peterson as he spoke yesterday, obviously a day later than usual because of the Monday night uh, game this week, and we'll start to turn our attention to what we can get done versus these Cleveland Browns coming up this weekend. Uh, another team that, uh, without their quarterback, is fighting for their playoff lives right now. So they're going to be uh, desperate and backs against the wall mentality and uh, going to go out there and give you everything they've got. 
this week, and that's what you should expect and nothing less every week in the National Football League. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you. 641-1010, the easiest way to get on board. We'll go to your calls next. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh Knows with Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. Looked worse than, than it really was. Uh, very fortunate there. But, um, you know, he, he seems to have a little bit of a knack. But um, I just think that, uh, for the most part, you know, um, just been just been fortunate, you know, to, to not uh, have a serious injury than, than what they are. Doug Peterson giving you a little optimism right there. Trevor Lawrence is like plastic man. You know, you bend him in a lot of different directions, and he <laughs> generally snaps back. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer uh, for him to snap back into shape. Uh, but Hadn't not, missed the game yet. Not too long, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we've seen our football competitive lives flash in front of us. I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this, yeah, right? It's not our lives. It's yeah. not the end of the war. We're not going to die if Trevor Lawrence misses a game or, or the rest of the season or whatever. Mm-hmm. But This is the third time. You know, we'll see if he's able to play the week after it for the third time. Like, he played the second half against Detroit Like when he came back out and was running. It was like, holy cow, this it, guy. It was like the season's over. Yeah. And then he came back, wasn't able to win that game, but we're all like, Phew. didn't lose again that and year. Then didn't lose again yeah. until Kansas City yeah. in the postseason. Yeah. So uh, one more, and then I want to pay off these phone callers or uh, waiting patiently here. Um, just on Trevor Lawrence from Doug Peterson said he wants Trevor to be one hundred percent before he puts him back on the field. I want to make sure that Trevor's a hundred percent. You know, before I before I put him or any any player back on the field. You know, it's just a matter of of their as a player too, the tolerance that they can they can withstand with with any injury, um, and you just don't want to risk if if the player is not in in any harm or could risk further uh, damage to the area, then 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 you have to consider it. But um, definitely don't want to don't want to risk uh, further injury. Right. That those are two different things. Though, yes, in my opinion. Right. Like you can have an injury that. You know, you can play through. It's going to be maybe limit your mobility or whatever, but the likelihood of you doing significantly more damage is no greater than if you were playing and starting with a fresh, you know, healthy right. ankle, leg, whatever the case may be. So, and you also hear NFL players tell you once the season kicks off, nobody's 100%, right? If you've been playing anyway, you know, you could probably, you know, and that, that so. Take it with a grain of salt. I don't think they're going to go, you know, Trevor, do you feel anything in there? If you do, you can't play, right? So yeah, the 100% thing is more towards can he do what he needs to be functional and protect himself? Well, a lot of the talk leading up to the Thursday night game against the Saints, it felt like going into game day that there were probably people that were like, I don't know. You know, even in the building, they were like, I don't know if Trevor's going to be able to go. And it felt like Trevor said – Watch me. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm playing tonight. I'm not only going to play, I'm going to run. Right. Like, it's I'm playing tonight. I'll work through it. Whatever it's going to be. I If there's any chance that he could play, Trevor Lawrence is going to choose to play. Right? On Sunday against Cleveland. So, we'll see if he can get there. He'll be sharing himself what he thinks about it here in about three and a half hours. He's scheduled to meet the media. Which is a great sign. Yeah. That, that in itself. And look, I hope he does play. I, I just, you know, I'm maybe I'm trying to be the... The pessimist, and I'm not. Uh, Dempsey said that Trevor Lawrence is going to play. I, 
I don't know yeah. who's going to play. The reality right? is he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. It's tough to imagine suffering that week. on Monday that he'll be ready to go on Sunday. Yeah. But if he can go, your quarterback's going to go. Right, especially when you saw that you know the him the the vision of him getting help down the, yeah. the tunnel. And there's, many people have asked me. I don't know why there was no cart. Yeah, why, do we know why there was no cart? Like did Trevor just say screw this? I'm walking off the field. Like, he might have. But at yeah, some point, but I goes, don't know. Shut up. Yeah. Sit your butt on the cart and you're not walking yeah. off the field. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the answer to that is, but I think we can all have confidence that Trevor Lawrence is going to do everything within his power to play on Sunday. Correct. And if he can't play on Sunday, it's because he can't play on Sunday and hopefully he'll be back the next week. All right. Let's go to the phones here. Wait no longer. We'll hear more from Doug Peterson coming up. Johnny O in the next hour. Uh, Jeff at Jacksonville Beach or in the Jacksonville Beach area is up first today on Jaguars Today. Good morning, Jeff. How you doing? Wonderful. What's up? Um, well, I was going to say that with Trey out, when he went out, I think that's when the defense was out of place a lot. I think that he was like pretty much like the quarterback on the defense, and then guys were not knowing their positions. Devin Lloyd, a lot of people look lost, and all them gaps started happening after that. Yeah, and little, and okay. little. I think I think little. He he was he hurt himself on the play before that. He's the. I I think Parker shouldn't be taking the heat. It's he got bum rushed and he shouldn't have been in on that play. And then Trevor, he went to step on Trevor. So I think that's been not talked about. Uh, all right, we uh, you know, I think they both deserve heat. Uh, the wide receivers, Parker Washington's teammates are certainly yeah. believing he's the one that deserved the heat because they're the ones who are getting in his face on the sideline after yeah. the play, like you're getting our quarterback killed. Nobody Look, Walker Little's trying to gut it out with a with an injured hamstring. Yeah, he stepped on it. Does he have eyes in the back of his head? You know, I don't play Walker Little at all for this. Sometimes you're going to get beat. You're going to get pushed back into the quarterback. Like He deserves heat for getting beat. Yeah, right. right? Like but, he deserves but no heat more for than the, anybody else does for getting beat on any play. Right. Like both he and Parker Washington deserve heat on that play. Both of their foul ups resulted in your quarterback suffering a high ankle sprain. But you're going to get physically beat. Yeah. You're, this is the NFL. Parker Washington's a mental mistake. That's a me- that, right. Yeah. That's a completely avoidable situation. Know what right you're there. supposed to do. Now yeah. the previous Trey Hearn is not the quarterback of his defense. He's no. the nickel corner. He's not even on the field 100 percent of the time. Uh, I do believe that they were having communication issues, issues making yeah. sure Greg Jr. knew where he was supposed to be, and and there was a ripple effect because as you're paying attention, we saw it last year, Foya Oluwakin is paying attention to what Devin Lloyd needs to be doing, then Foyer's not as effective. He's not making as many big plays. They've been able to unleash him a little bit more in that department this year as a pass rusher, for instance, because he doesn't have to spend time thinking about I, I do think Trey Hernan's absence had an impact on the game. There's no question about it. But I don't think of him as anything close to the quarterback of the defense. No. I mean, no. Yeah. But on a day where the communication issues were <laughs> – I mean, it's there. It's right in front of you. They were having issues getting guys no lined up and not having Trey Herndon. I can't imagine didn't have any effect on what they were doing with those communication things and having a backup doing it that hadn't done it a whole lot this year. It has a domino effect on what they're doing on defense, but I don't think it's the reason they right. were having those I think issues. it's that you don't have to worry Trey Herndon's going to be where he needs to be. It's not yeah. like Trey Herndon's out there making sure the other 10 guys are doing their thing. It's just that he, you don't have to think about it. Right, and now you're introducing this element of a young player in a big situation with a team that's got really good weapons, including their slot receiver Tyler Boyd. And you know, 
yeah. the result was what the result was. Anyway, we got to yeah. move on off that one. Appreciate the call. Let's get Stephen Nakati up next here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. A um, couple things. Uh, I noticed, uh, Toby, you noticed the same thing. I feel like, well, Tyson Campbell got burned several times. I feel like he's still injured. I feel like Devon Hamilton's still injured, nursing that back. I feel like he's just. It, we played better without Devon and injured Devon in there. And then what was up with uh, the comment that uh, Doug Peterson made um, that we're too loud on defense? Is that why we're not winning games at home? <laughs> I'll pick it up here. Yeah, that that I, I don't think that's, that's not what he said. No, but I, fans are hearing it that way. That's that's I it, think it, that's it, because of the way it's being reported on social media. That's not what he said. He said they were having communication issues on defense. The crowd was loud. The crowd was awesome while they were on the field. Right. They were having their issues on that side of the ball. He's not blaming the crowd. He's blaming the players and the team for not getting what they needed to get communicated, communicated. They have to be better at it. Right. He's not saying be quiet. No. The the fact that you even bring up the crowd noise when you're at home and on defense, that's what you strive for. Yeah. I, I felt like. It was a bit of a faux pas by Doug Peterson to even mention the crowd noise. Could in, have said what he needed to, to say without saying right. crowd like noise. Right, like we had to double check that we're getting the right plays in and communicating properly. And you're used to dealing with the crowd noise at home, so that should not have been an issue. What was the, the first part of that? Was um, I forget. Ah, dang yeah. it. Um, so do I. <laughs> Darn it. Steve, <laughs> what, what was the uh, the first point you made, Steve, before you, you mentioned the crowd yeah, noise? Yeah, so I thought – I thought that, uh, that Campbell and Devon were both oh, are yeah. both playing injured. Uh, Campbell got lit up. I mean, he got yes, yes. For someone who's supposed to be so elite, he's playing injured. And then Devon's playing injured. You know he is with his lower well, back. Well, so uh, you I'll know, take it off here. Thanks. From what I understand about Devon Hamilton, there's there he is fine physically. So take that for mm-hmm. like in terms of like he's got to play better. Like his strength and things like yeah. that. Like like you run him through a physical. Whatever. There, there's no. Some no, no, no impediment. To Whatever him the reasons are better. for his performance being what it is right now, it's not because it's of the not that his strength hasn't moment. returned. Yeah. It's not that it, it's it, it's not like he's just not playing well. He's not playing well, yeah. right? And it, it, I know what you're saying. How can that be? But that's what we're hearing from multiple. I mean, people in position to know Devon Hamilton physically. It's been told to me for weeks is is fine. Yeah, they wouldn't put him on the field if he wasn't ready physically. Yeah. It's it's a little bit hard to explain. Yeah. I don't know if it's a confidence issue. I don't know what it is. You know, because he didn't play a lot in the beginning of the season, but he certainly uh, was not helping. No, the other night. I don't know what you do with Tyson Campbell. Like you go out there. Is Tyson Campbell now? He strained a quad, I think, in overtime, right? Yep. So we got to keep an eye on him this week. But you go in there if you're healthy. You're healthy. He he's been out for a while. I don't know that it was health. That caused him to be, get beat by Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase beats a lot He's of people. A great player. I, I just yeah. don't. I can't tell you that. And I understand. I it's not illogical to wonder: Is Tyson Campbell 100? percent Probably not. We just got done saying nobody's 100, percent right? So you're coming off a hamstring injury, but it's also guarding a guy in overtime coming off a hamstring injury who missed three games. And you know, I is it is it bad footing, bad cleats? Um, lack of reps, uh, injury that caused him to slip. I don't know what caused him to slip. Or just an inopportune slip 
that left T. Higgins wide open to convert third and ten on right. the game-winning drive. I don't know what the answer to that is. but um, I, And I don't know what the answer is beyond that. You know, Monteric Brown, right now a better option than Tyson Campbell? Maybe. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm presuming that the hamstring, they felt confident enough in it going in because you'd been winning games. You'd won seven out of eight, right? And yeah. you'd missed Tyson Campbell for a portion of that time anyway. And I get it. This is a different matchup, and he wants to be out there, and it's Monday Night Football. Maybe he pushed it to be out there. I don't know. I think the the more concerning thing is that he picked up the new injury. It may not come into play that much this week. Yeah, different kind of test this week. Amari Cooper, the concussion, we'll see if he's able to get back on the field. Elijah Moore would be the other guy for them. He'd be their number one. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, we'll see if he's able to play this week. Prochet, Cedric Tillman, David Bell. That's the depth chart there for the Cleveland Browns. David Njoku will get... A lot of targets. You would think. This weekend. Yeah. You better plan on covering the tight end this weekend. All right. We got to take a timeout. Phone lines are jammed up. People want to react, man. I get it. You're not happy right now. And uh, we're not either, right? No. We we much rather it had gone completely differently on Monday night. Uh, just injuries alone. But we are where uh, we're at. Uh, and uh, we're at where we're at. And uh, we'll take more of your calls coming up at 641-1010. John Osier on the other uh, side of the top of the hour, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. O's. With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. Yeah, uh, Parker, Parker did a nice job you know, uh, last night. Made some plays. Obviously, the touchdown was, was huge. Um, but yes, he would, uh, he'd be the next guy up and then he'd, he'd get a full week of, uh, work as well. Parker Washington in for Christian Kirk, who I don't know what the timetable is going to be a while. Yeah. It seems like, uh, they were Poor saying, muscle injury. yeah, I heard eight weeks. So it was, the talk was maybe the end of the playoffs. If he could get back by that point in time was at least the initial, you know, with those core injuries that would usually be seven to eight weeks. So you're talking AFC Championship game? Brutal. If they were to get that far, maybe the Super Bowl, if they were to get to that point, would be when you'd expect to be see him back. But we'll see. He's working through it. Yeah, by the way, multiple people saying, you know, Trevor waves off the cart. We're asking about the cart. The, the reason I say it, we're not watching the TV copy. We're watching something called the in-house feed, mm-hmm. right? So we're watching that. We're listening to the broadcast, and we hear uh, one of the guys, we hear what the booth is saying in Frank and Tony and Jeff's ear while it's going on as well. And as they were either going to break or coming out of break, they we heard them saying, oh, they're bringing the card out. They were like, oh, so it's they no good. They definitely said it. They yeah. said, right? And so it did come out, I guess, behind the bench, and Trevor just waved it off or yep. whatever. At which point, I'm sorry, I'm overruling my quarterback. If you need two people to help you gimp down the hallway, I'm going to make you take the card in. <laughs> just damn. That's me and uh, right. whatever. Yeah. But apparently he and Kirk both – Waved it off and tough guys, yeah. Ah, fine, whatever. Yeah. You know, I just thought it was interesting. I had a lot of people ask me about that, and you know, we don't get to choose the angles. We didn't see him wave it off, and then next thing you know, we're seeing him walk into the locker room, and it never really got addressed. Yeah. You know, on at least from w- what we could tell. Well, if the fool Colin Cowherd wants to make it a national story that Jacksonville didn't have Trevor Lawrence on a cart, which he did, oh, did he? I, yesterday. I have no idea what Right, Colin yeah, Cowherd I was says. watching everyone reacting to that yesterday 
on on Twitter, and Colin I'm just Cowherd's like, a, just a trying are you to serious, push dude? Buttons. You think an NFL team doesn't have a cart? Right, I was like, just, uh, it, like, because people were asking, me, like, why is? Of course they have a cart. Like, it's it's, and madness. of course they they are going to do everything they can for Trevor Lawrence. That's why I just thought it was interesting to see how hobbled he was. Yeah, and the pain that he they was would allow him in. to refuse. Like, it. He, yeah. he got up, took one step, and fell right to the ground. Yeah. Right, like y- you gotta yeah. take the decision out of his hands. For me, think? it's yeah. not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. I'm just it was more of a passing thing. So let's move on. Six four one ten ten. Let's get to your calls here. Uh, Tony in Gainesville, up next on Jaguars today. Hello, Tony. How y'all doing today, man? Good. What's up? Uh, I just have uh, just a quick thought on the offensive defense. On the defensive side, I pretty much answered it. But my thing is, do you? I mean, I, I was saying a couple of weeks ago that I felt like that led better Angelo Blackson in that interior was giving us more push up there because we're depending on Josh Allen and Trayvon to save the day too much on the outside. And on the offensive side of the ball, I'm sorry to say it, man, and I'm going to leave it at this, but I do not see Fortner progressing. He doesn't play to the whistle. He misses block And Sheriff, it's like, I don't blame Walker Little and all them, bro, but Sheriff and Fortner in the middle is not getting it done, and we're, we're overlooking and making it. Not y'all, but I feel like a lot of people are overlooking and making excuses. Sheriff is playing poorly, and we're in year two of Luke Fortner, and I don't see him getting better. It's like he's the same player he was when we drafted him in year two, and I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you. Folks. All right, Tony. Uh, first, your, your point about the defensive tackles. Like, uh, you know, we see guys flash in, in limited roles and what have you. I, I, I got to believe. I mean, you watch these guys every day. They know who they're frontline players are mm-hmm. and they you know if they thought that they, it's not like like Devon Hamilton right he was back he was cleared they didn't think he was ready to contribute the last couple of weeks they had no problem holding him out it's not like oh we got to get him on the field because we're paying him x amount of money if he's they brought him back this week didn't work we'll see what happens going forward but I think if they thought you know Ledbetter and Angelo Blackson were the best options they had they wouldn't hesitate to play him that's my opinion mm-hmm. I, you know as far as Fortner and Sheriff, I agree. Look, I, Sheriff, I think his impact, his efficiency has gone way down from last year, it seems. Um, Fortner is not a physical guy in terms of being able to just move people and impose his will. But Doug Peterson raves about Luke Fortner yeah. every time he's asked about him. So he must be – like, they, again, must feel he's the best option – that they have, they're committed to it. I agree with you that it, clearly the interior of the offensive line has been lacking in push. We haven't been able to run the ball, haven't been able to impose our will in the run game at all, almost no, at yeah. any point this season, and, with a handful of exceptional games. Yeah, and with that being said, there's been no indication that they have any interest in going anywhere but Fortner at center. No. It's not that you and I may not be saying, you know what, maybe it's maybe, time for maybe Shatley. Maybe needs to play more. You know, to play center, but the team doesn't seem to be seriously considering that, at least at the moment. And going back to the Blackson deal, uh-huh. I think you, when the inactives came out, usually the inactives come out for a game and you're like, ah, okay, those are the guys who aren't playing tonight. Blackson was a, okay, a little bit interesting that he wouldn't be active tonight. It means Hamilton's going to be active. Let's see what we get. That obviously didn't turn out so well. Nobody on the interior of the defensive line played well on Monday. They all, I'm sure, had negative grades uh, coming out of that game. But the decisions to make Blackson and Monteric Brown, I think, inactive this week hurt them. 
right? Well, and the Monteric you, Brown, really right? Like came you back don't know it going into the game that you're gonna Trey Herndon's gonna get hurt on the first series of right. the game. You can't predict those kind of things. But guys that are inactive are inactive, and they can't help you that day, right? Because if you got him up, then somebody else is down, and what if the injury happens at that spot? Right? You just you, you some don't of that know. You can't. But they got burnt on both. Absolutely. Of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, and you go in, like you said, the the plan is we've seen from Hamilton this week in practice. We think it's going to be better and good enough to put him out there. And it clearly wasn't good enough. But like you said, I don't know if it was good enough from anybody uh, on that defensive front. All right, uh, Tony, appreciate the call. Let's go to uh, Travis in Palm Beach next up. What's up, Travis? Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing, man? Love the show. Hey, I just wanted to see if you guys noticed the same thing. About the second quarter, uh, Trevor cause a timeout in frustration because the receiver's not lined up, not in motion for what they have to do. Do you guys notice a little bit more fire from our uh, star quarterback? And do you think that's just him holding his guys to a higher level, more like a, a championship-level quarterback would do? Appreciate you. Love you guys. I right, appreciate it. Uh, I think this Trevor is got a particular personality. He's a very laid-back guy, right? So I, I don't want him to be anybody but who he is. Like Joe Montana, known for being Joe Cool, unflappable, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you can argue, oh, yeah, great teams. He didn't need to do it and all those different things. And that That's fine. Um, I believe Trevor Lawrence holds his guys accountable. I believe that you can hold guys accountable in different ways. You don't have to be uh, red-ass Tom Brady screaming in somebody's face on the sideline to show that you are exhibiting leadership or that you have the pulse of the team or any of these things. So I, I think Trevor Lawrence is the clear leader on this football yeah. team. And I think everybody in that locker room respects the hell out of him. And to a man, I don't think yeah. there's any questions about him in that regard from anybody in the organization. I think how little we see that kind of thing from Trevor Lawrence, right? The frustration that he openly showed on the field in that moment. I think how little we see him do that speaks to how fed up he was with whatever caused him to have to take that timeout. Sure. Right? Like, you're lined up wrong again. Guys, right? Like, this is the play. We know what the play is. What are you doing? Like, that's what that moment felt like to me. And I'm okay with the quarterback occasionally showing that kind of frustration on field, especially from a guy who doesn't always do it. I think it speaks to how frustrated he felt it was he was deserved of being in that particular moment. Well, it speaks to Doug Peterson's comments about communication being an issue. Yeah. That's part of it, being lined up properly. Like, at, th- at this stage of the season, that should not be an issue, mm-hmm. especially on offense. I mean, you're the one that's supposed to be dictating – What's yeah. happening on this play? And on defense, sometimes you're like, oh, wait a minute. They come out in a personnel package, and they're giving us a look and all these different things. And I, I can understand how it's a little bit more ripe for confusion at times. Yeah. Right? But Well, they had to burn the timeout there. They probably wish that they had burned the timeout on the third and two that Chase scored the touchdown with everyone running around. Right. Still at the snap. It felt like if that wasn't the first series of the second half, like if that was, you know, middle of the second quarter, they might have just timeout, guys. Like we got to get on the timeout, uh, but they didn't wind up doing it that way. And then they had a timeout for a trainer running on the field. Like, what a weird game from that perspective for him. Like, just the actual management of the game perspective. The Jags not a passing grade on Monday, which is why you know I'm sure internally, it, like we're all like looking at, oh my gosh, look, what are the lingering effects? Because you got all these guys out. They wanted to win that football game, and they're like, man, we had every opportunity yep. to win this football game. Get a stop here. Get a stop here. Don't make this mental mistake. Don't make that mental mistake. And it, it's infuriating that you lost to that team in the state that they were in coming into your place with all the conditions you had going no in doubt. your favor on Monday Night Football. 
Take a time out here. Welcome in Johnny O. And more of your calls on the other side at 641-1010. You're listening to Jaguars today on a coping Wednesday, maybe, on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, yeah, I want to shoot, baby. Shoot. Nobody knows the Jags like Johnny O. Oh, knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. By request for John Osier. <laughs> that promo was wrong, evidently, because it said nobody knows the Jags like Johnny O. And I didn't know Trevor was back up. Well, <laughs> so, so, now <laughs> that's what you listen to Jaguars today for. Well, well, is that correct? I didn't I, say he was the backup. He played like the okay, backup. I got you. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's, uh, yeah. yeah, so apparently promo is wrong. Mm-hmm. Two quarterbacks can play well in the same game, I yeah. believe. One of them's going to win, one of them's going to lose. Yes. Sometimes they tie, very rarely. So, sometimes, very rarely. Sometimes, right. We would have preferred it this week, actually. A tie, well, a tie would have been It would have still been frustrating as hell because a tie doesn't do much for you, honestly. No, it's, yeah. Right, I mean, because you already have the tie break. You well, know, true. Like over the Colts and the Texans for the yeah, moment, it would have kept you one more ahead. I get, but yeah, it, it was uh, whatever. I mean, tough week. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, let me ask you. Yes. I asked Tony this yesterday. Would you take it right now? Jags must go to Tennessee and win in Week 18 to secure the division title. Would you take that, or do you have higher expectations? Oh, um, well, I have to answer the question now. So I. I would say, um, I still have higher expectations only because so much depends on if Trevor's going to play. And that's this, the thing, it, you don't know. So right, that, that's, that's the uncertainty. Okay, so that not knowing, yeah, I guess I would take it. I would take it. Yeah. I would. I, I mean, like, I see what you're saying. Um, without no, I mean, Trevor may play, miss the next two weeks and they lose them both, right? Let's just say, right? right? And Which in that was, time, yeah. if Houston wins their next two games, they're in first place. Right. And unless they lose and they have a really weak schedule, they then can't. we can't you can't overtake them. There's nothing you could do to overtake them. They'd be in control at, at that point if it went that way. Yeah, yeah. They'd yeah. have nine wins. Jackson would have eight. I got you. Yep. Right. So yeah. to me, like being tied with Houston going into week eighteen with with knowing because if you beat the Titans under that scenario, then you have the division tiebreaker. You'd be five and one in the Correct. division. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to have the tiebreaker. And I think that's a fi- like I don't, I I don't necessarily think it's a given that that'll play out that way. I don't either. But it but it is a it's a good thing to have in your back pocket that if you can get into those last three games tied with Houston, then those last three games look. Like you should be able to navigate them if, if Trevor's back, right? Huge game this week, though. I bet, and I, that's that's why the Cincinnati game is I, so so disappointing because you, you had that it was cushion, there. yeah. And it was your and it, it even was with the, the injury, backup. it was there. The Absolutely, end. yeah. It, and, it, it was all there. And you for almost him. didn't. I mean, maybe I just saw it this way covering the game because I've got a right, and I can't be that engaged at the final gun in terms. of, Oh my goodness. Um, I kind of felt like once Trevor was out, I sort of started in my head writing a loss because it just felt like, boy, that's a blow that maybe they don't overcome. So I, I didn't realize until I went back how they probably still should have won the game, mm-hmm. even with Trevor being out. Um, and that was sort of what Doug was focused on at the end is they had chances late, still should have won it. And it was, I'm not sure I've – it's been a long time since I've covered a game 
that weird in the last five minutes. That makes sense. I mean, just you go from having the chance of the number one seed to the sudden, quarterback you're, you're being like, out. Right. Like the whole season's in jeopardy. What a like. gut punch it is. Uh, somebody compared it to New England emotionally, like New England in 17 emotionally. And it sort of did feel sort of that where it's it's here and then. Right. You're this close to yeah. where you want. Now, this was just different. this yeah. close to positioning yourself yeah. in yeah. a lead spot. But, but being at home with all this energy and then Trevor being the one who's hurt, it's – it's one you won't forget. Yeah. Look, the, I think for the number one seed, uh, and I hear people say, oh, we should never talk about the number one seed. No, you, it's okay. You can talk about that. You're, you're allowed to it, realize no the implications. Right, it's right. not a no-hitter. And even if it is a no-hitter, right. that's yeah. dumb too, right? I <laughs> yeah. mean, it is. It yeah. has no impact on any of this right. stuff, right? And I'm not saying as a broadcaster you should buck tradition and all that. It's kind of like it's what fine. baseball people do. Yeah. That's fine. But if you really, really think that that has any impact on anything – I, I can't help you. Here's the thing. If, if we hadn't talked about the possibility of them rising to the number one seed on Monday, people would have said, why aren't you talking why, about this? Why are you talking about this? This is a huge story. But the, the point is, You never being, say this. Even if they were in the pole position, mm-hmm. you would have felt like they probably need to win out to maintain it. Right? Yes. I mean, to, to, because you're going to have to beat Baltimore head-to-head. You can't slip up. You got all the three yeah. teams right. nipping at your heels, and any one of them could overtake you. So, you know... Even if they had won that game against Cincinnati, it the reason it would give me the sigh of relief is the, the division lead Correct. would be no doubt. intact. And you know now it's like it throws it, forget the number one seed, and it's not forget the number one seed because you shouldn't talk about the number one seed. It's because it's not realistic now that right. you're going to get yourself back in that position that these teams are going to come back to you, and you with the injuries that you just sure. sustained are going to be able to then win the next five. Now you're trying to survive to in advance. Correct. Which yeah. Just get in at this point, win the damn division, get a really home game. really good in that position last year. And we'll, get Trevor healthy. Yeah. And, right. I mean, and they kick ass on the road. Yeah, so, we'll we'll you know. see how they deal with it this year. It has felt like, John, the Kansas City game was circled, you know, in ink. Going into the season, it was an opportunity. We're going to show you where we're at in the AFC. They, they choked that week, right? They had plenty of opportunities to win that game. They don't get it done. This week they're dealing with we can be the number one seed. We have our control of being mm-hmm. the number one seed. For whatever reason, in both of those games, they just haven't responded totally as a team. Against yeah. Kansas City, defensively, they did sure. the job. Offensively, they didn't. Against Cincinnati, offensively, they did the job. Yeah. Defensively, they didn't. Is there anything to that as far as just is this a young team that's still trying to figure out those kind of pressure situations, or what does any of that mean? Yeah, I I thought about it a lot because – I, like you, would like to sort of be able to, I guess, define it. Um, to me, if it was youth, immaturity, not being able to handle stuff, my experience tells you that makes the road tough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I absolutely hear what you're saying, and maybe there's something to it. I just have always sort of believed that young teams – it seems really good on the road and really good against teams. They've been good at coming through in clutch situations. It's not like the the Bills, the Colts, the Saints, all those games don't matter. Those teams were playing well at the time. Sure, yeah. Uh, but right now, they've put themselves in a situation where they have to prove that you're wrong. So uh, – 
I'll buy into it until I see them uh, show that they can handle that situation because they haven't yeah. done it. Yeah. That's... I like them more in that mode. Like, they do respond in that mode in the, we'll, we'll show you where you're wrong. Yeah. About, like, they have it responded makes this to week that for really the last year and a half. I think this week is, maybe I say this before a lot of games, I think this week is, you mentioned it, so critical. And Doug has a job to do in terms of, hey, you may not have your quarterback. That was a big gut punch. I get that the fans left deflated, but you guys can't. It's a big lift going on the road meeting. This, right. this is it, a good Browns they, team they that plays well so in this situation. They so much better in Cleveland defensively. Oh, oh, they're so much better. Right. At yeah. home, they're the best defense in the league. And they've lost one game there. They know how they want to play. They're not a quarterback-centric team. They held San Fran to 17 there, right. and they didn't have Debo, but they had a lot Yeah, this is strength versus strength. A good road team. I think it's – I mean, I if the Jaguars win this, color me impressed. Uh, I think it's a tough. I think look, it's a tough and, right, and just no more wave of injuries. This is not going to be a high-scoring game. It, it, at least you wouldn't <laughs> no. think it would yeah. be, right? Although you know, the NFL, you never man. know. Right. I, the, the the Colts beat the Browns this year, thirty-nine to thirty-eight. Right. I mean, what you know? Right. It's so it, if these teams played a lot, you wouldn't expect. You think a close I, game. I would expect I mean, a lot of thirteen expect, to tens is what right. I would expect. That's what you'd expect, and to me. This defense thinks it's good, Jaguars defense. They think it's good against the run. Go prove it. All right, let's get John on the west side in before we hit the break here at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. What's up, John? Hey, good morning, fellas. Good morning. This is for John. And, and uh, they're always preaching accountability, accountability. Okay, the, the Kansas City game was gettable. They weren't ready for that. Houston game, oh, they didn't practice well. And on the biggest stage of month of football, Monday night football, they're not ready for that. Who's accountable for these for this lackluster performances? And I'll take your comments off the air. Okay. I, I don't know that they weren't ready for the Kansas yeah. City game. I mean, I, I get that, that feeling about the yeah. Houston, San Fran, and Cincinnati games to some degree. Like they the intensity I think that's fair, but that that's quibbling. Yeah. All right. Sure. John, that he, as he said, that's for you. Who's who's where does the Accountability come into play here. I, I, I never know how to answer the question about accountability because I don't know what they want. Do they want somebody fired over it. I mean, no one's it, getting fired. Yeah, clearly. so I mean, Doug uh, Peterson, the buck stops with him. Yeah, I mean, it's it. Doug would be the first to say it's it, it's always on the head coach. Um, but you're not going to fire him. It, well, and, nor would you want to. No, I mean, no, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> right, right. I mean, so, exactly. But so uh, I think it's somewhat on the players to be. Yeah. You know, accountable with each other I as mean, well. But it, when the whole team is seemingly the offense not didn't giving feel you that. unready to me. I mean, the offense no, scored true. 31 points. Uh, I, when you, somebody told me once a long time ago, when you don't stop the run, you always feel like you're not giving effort. And sometimes you're just right. not stopping the run. Uh, so it, bad run fits, getting blocked off the ball, is that not being ready? Maybe. I, but I do. I never think know there, how to there, judge that. There's something to, with the intensity that Doug Peterson himself has remarked on on after some of these games. You know, yeah. particularly the Houston and San Fran games. Like, yeah. you know, these were great opportunity games to show up. Yeah. And they didn't. You know. Yeah. So and and this was clearly an opportunity. Whether it was weren't ready to play, whatever. I know what you're saying. Yeah. You got to win that game with all the things you had in the plus mm -hmm. column heading into Monday Night Football. Yeah, I agree, and I. I guess I have to plead. I don't know how to answer the question. I don't know who's accountable for that. Uh, 
other than public vlogging. Yeah, it it it's Doug's team, so the buck stops with Doug. But mm-hmm. I, you know, you know how you hold them accountable? You call Jaguars today. Well, <laughs> yeah, it. and I guess that's where I always struggle with the question. I don't know how to. Mm-hmm. And hold them accountable. Right. We talk I, about I mean, you can like if we talk a, about it, we address it, we discuss it. But if it's a player or two, I mean, ultimately, you're going to lose playing time. That's how you get held yeah. to, uh, accountability. But if the next guy up isn't as good as you, it's you're limited to. to you know, there are only so many guys on the roster. How many times so have many, we gone around on that question? Right. On this show? Yeah. Like, I mean, and somebody called up earlier. Hey, I thought you know, watching earlier this off season or whatever, early in the year, that Ledbetter and Blackson give us more on the interior of the defensive line. I'm paraphrasing yeah. a little bit. Sure. And the defensive coaching staff want to be successful. Right. They watch them. They're with them every day in practice. Yeah. I'm not saying coaches never make mistakes and bad right. evaluations and that there aren't sometimes other considerations sure. in play. But, I, you know, I, I don't think they're trying to hold back a budding superstar right. from helping this team. I mean, on that the other night, sometimes, I mean, they were bad against the run the other night. Um should they have thought going into that game, hey, we're going to struggle against the run. Let's figure out something. They've been good against the run all season. Right. So, and you're I, getting Hamilton added back into yeah. that, and he just got worked. It, it was one of my most surprising uh, moments was when that team didn't stop the run. Well have not night. been able to – and against a team that hasn't been able to yeah. run? Against a team that was so inept offensively the week before? Yeah. I mean, it's just so many things, and that's we, you know, we always hear week to week league, week to week league, and and you see it happen, you're yeah. like, damn it, how can this be a week to week? Damn it, it's a week to week league. Why is this a week to week league? All right, we got to take a timeout. We'll come back uh, more with John Osier and your calls as well as uh, we try to figure out a good path for the Jags to navigate to get that W against the Cleveland Browns this week. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. His name is John Osher. Oh, knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, Johnny O is here. It is a weight loss Wednesday. Glad you're along on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, as uh, Jack's taking on the Cleveland Browns. We'll go... Around the league here coming up in uh, just a moment. Get back to the phone calls as well. Man, they're just pouring in on uh, all different forms with uh, your feedback. We appreciate that on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. If the Jags lose, how likely is it we lose first place to Houston? Well, this week, uh, won't you won't. You'll be in first place regardless. But overall, I mean, you know, Houston's, if I'm handicapping it, is favored in every game the rest of the way, right? They play on the road the next two weeks, but they're playing the Jets. All right? You think Texans right. are beating the Jets? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do too. All right, then they play at Tennessee. You yeah. think they're beating the Titans? Mm-hmm. I do too. Then they get Cleveland at home. Mm-hmm. I pick them to beat Cleveland, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they get Tennessee at home. Now, if the Titans can rise up and and – Get a split, that would be extremely helpful. Yep. Right? Uh, you know, and then they get Indy to end the season, and they did lose to Indy, and Indy could be fighting for a playoff spot, yeah. and that could be a critical game for them, no doubt. I mean, it, it stands to reason that they would lose one of those, but it's hard to pick which one. Right. It's one of those, right? It was kind of like with the Jags. You're like, all right, it, putting the Ravens game aside, yeah. tell me which of those final five games are likely to lose. None of them. Right. Yeah. 
And then they did. Yeah. You know, so it can happen. You know, Houston could have lost to Denver on Sunday pretty easily. Yeah. Right? Like, either team could have won that game uh, this week. Houston won the game. That's what they found a way to do for the last month is find a way to win outside of the Jaguars game. By the way. Nobody, nobody gives the Colts any credit for no, anything, no, right? Because no. the Jags swept them. We're like, yeah, they're not that good, right? They're ahead of Houston. Yeah. Right? And they're in the playoffs. And they're 9-3 and three without that sweep, by the way. Uh, yeah. 7-3. <laughs> and 7-3, no. yeah. What are they, 7-9-3 no, and, and three without that sweep. If they had – Oh, if, if they had if won the Jaguars those games. hadn't swept them, right. the Colts are the talk of the league. Right. If they, if, well, you can't right. do if, that. Right. You know if I mean? you took those games out, they're 7-3 and three in the other games. But yeah. if you're saying that they had won the games against right. the Jags, yes. Right. Or even split. Right. Everybody know. discounts. From the Jaguars' perspective, all fans sort of discount those wins. Well, you should beat that team. They're not any good. But they're a well, playoff team. Right. So, the, so is Pittsburgh, by the way. Right. Right now. So are the Browns, by the way. Right. And the Bills feel like they can still get back in. So, yeah. So, so are one of those teams in the NFC South. <laughs> Which one? I think it's Atlanta right now, right? I think yeah, it yeah, is yeah. Atlanta, yeah. <laughs> it's like, rise up. Hey, so Speaking there's another playoff up. win. Uh, yeah. Or win against the playoff team that we have. Uh, here's what the Colts have down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see what you think. Uh, they play at Cincinnati this week. Okay. I mean, I, tough. I think it's a coin yep. flip. Yep. Right? Then they host Pittsburgh. Again, kind of a coin flip. Yep. Right? Uh, they're at Atlanta. I'd expect <laughs> them to win. I would too. But. but I, I, I do feel like the way the, the Colts play, it feels like they're going to be in five close games. Yes, because like that's the thing. C.J. Stroud's better than Gardner Mitch, right? and I think that's what when you look at it, you're like, oh damn, that, that team. Now they also lost Tank Dell, though. Yeah. Yeah. The Colts have been doing it without Jonathan Taylor most of the damn they year. Have. What they have is a their defensive line is a monster in Indianapolis, and they take advantage yeah. of it. Yeah, it's, it's that's what they got over the other teams, even in the division. They don't have the quarterback necessarily. But they can affect. They can stop the run. It feels like, and the interior of their line can affect the pass. Last two weeks of the season, they host Las Vegas, then host the Texans. So okay, you know, I hope yeah. that the Colts are like fighting for a wild card spot in Week 18. Mm-hmm. You know, and that game means a ton to them. I, I think Minshew's the kind of guy. He didn't care. He wants to win. You know, at any point in time. But <sighs> got to be something to you know, like if you're eliminated and you're like. <sighs> You know, the, right. that, that you're not on the razor's edge necessarily. But, uh, I mean, Tennessee, if Tennessee goes 5-0 and to finish the season, I'm sorry, Houston goes 5-0 and to finish the season, I'm not going to be shocked. I probably right. wouldn't expect it, but like you said, which one are you going to pick them to lose? Right, that's always – but without Hank, that does that hurts. put them in a different dynamic. You're about, right. Because I'm sure they're sitting over there now wondering where we're going to get big plays like that. Then again, they went up and down the field this sure. week again, and he got hurt extremely early in that football yeah. game. You know, so uh, somebody guard Nico Collins, please. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I've used him in the breakfast bowl. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Detroit Lions have placed defensive lineman Aleem McNeil on injured reserve due to a knee sprain that he suffered on Sunday. The Lions have signed former Jaguars first-round pick Tyson Alualu to their practice squad. Green Bay has signed running back Kenyon Drake to their practice squad. They cut running back James Robinson. Robinson played for the Packers. And their Sunday night win over Kansas City, getting one carry and one catch in that game. Miami linebacker Jerome Baker is considered week-to-week with a knee injury but won't be going on injured reserve, according to head coach Mike McDaniel. 
New York Giants tight end Darren Waller is making progress as he works back from a hamstring injury but may not play this week, according to head coach Brian Dable, who also named Tommy DeVito as their starter for Monday Night Football and said that Terod Taylor will be the backup for the Giants this week. The San Francisco 49ers are signing defensive back Logan Ryan, and the New York Jets have released quarterback Tim Boyle, who has started their last two games. They signed Brett Rippon off of Seattle's practice squad. The Jets have still not announced a starter against the Houston Texans this week. All right, by the way, uh, James Robinson turned into which Jaguar player? Hmm. Uh, hmm. Snoop Connor? Stumper. Stumpa! I got a stumpa. No, not Snoop Connor. That's my guess. Antonio uh, Johnson? No, Parker Washington. <laughs> oh. okay. That's who they got for the pick that they received mm-hmm. for I wasn't far James, off. James I was, Robinson. But I was wrong nonetheless. Yeah, you know. One spot off is mm-hmm. off enough. Off but enough. No, yeah. it, it, James, poor James Robinson, man. He apparently shows these teams enough to make them think he can help them, and he it just has had no luck sticking anywhere. Where's right. he been now? He's been in New England uh, with Jets. the Jets. Uh, was he in, was he in Detroit? I know Green Bay, no Giants, right? Wasn't he with the Giants, he with the Giants at one point as yeah. well? Like like you know on the practice squad for like a week kind of thing, you know? Just oh my gosh, you know? And and to see the way he opened last season up too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're like coming off the Achilles. Here's a guy who wasn't explosive to begin with. Bam! 50-yard run. <laughs> what the? And then just yeah. nothing, man. It, life comes at you fast in the National yeah, Football League. It really does. Um, Appreciate that position. really does, right? I mean, uh, let's get Darren here on the west side. We'll break. We'll come back uh, with some final thoughts. Got a poll out there for you. We'll uh, see over 500 have weighed in so far this morning on which potential backup player will have the biggest impact or you have the most confidence in going forward, at least for this week. Uh, Darren on the West side, go ahead. Hey guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just want to say that, um, you know, Tony, you were right uh, about before the game, the comments that you made were, were very <laughs> insightful about being a week to week league and, and don't overlook anybody. And Mike, you said, you know, I'll take a one point victory and which leads me to my point that, gosh, how I take McManus's 48-yard kick right now because I believe how the attitude of the city, where we'd be feeling the positivity, and yes, we would be down Trevor right now. And for those that want to say crap about Trevor, just shut up and get off the bandwagon because the dude is for real. He's going to be here a long time, and uh, and so I'm going to keep the glass half full today. And let's go get OW in Cleveland, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. You were talking, um, <laughs> mentioned some of the. Social media feedback I got mm-hmm. where, you know, the guy called Trevor the backup. Looked like the backup, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Uh, you know, and <laughs> Jeff Prosser made the comment. It was off the air. We were just talking. He goes, why don't you ask him, all right, would you trade him straight up for Jake Browning? Like, <laughs> honestly, there are probably people that go, well, you know, yeah, if we could get since he's play caller to come with, you know. like, Yeah, they, look, there are plenty of things you can critique Trevor Lawrence for. That game was he was not the problem at all. And uh, played no, I thought, very well. Yeah. I thought it was another, you know, last two games played well. Uh, I I guess I can only go based on sort of the feeling. Mm-hmm. I I had a feeling when, when they got the ball back 28-28, uh, I, I had complete faith that he was going to make plays and go down and win the game. Yeah. 
there have been games where I wasn't sure on that. Where I didn't have that feeling. But the other night, I I thought it was going to be one where he was standing there talking to uh, yeah. you know the Monday Night Football person after the game as the star of the game. The other thing is here too. Once you make that forty-eight yard field goal, at that point you're up thirty-one to twenty-eight. Is what you would be, and Cincinnati's playing it different. Right. That's right? They, they, they realize now. Now maybe that's why it's always tough to play that. Well, they would have done this. Now, granted, it was a tie game. They, a field goal still would have benefited them to get it to overtime potentially. So maybe it does play out the same way, but you just don't know right. yeah. how it's going to go. You know, I mean, the the sack cost them seven yards. Mm-hmm. Does that ball sneak in? From forty one right. before it curls up, maybe, right. maybe, right. I mean, if you if you just pick up three on that yeah. play, you know, and it's, it's about as close as Doug Peterson is willing to be to be critical of a player as it should have been a game winning kick, right? Like that's about as close yeah. to just being directly critical of a player as Coach Peterson yeah. will get, and he said that multiple times coming out of the game. Should have been a game-winning kick. Yeah. Like, basically saying, we he has to make that first one. Right. Like, that guy, we expect way more than that. You know what would have been better than that? If they just don't call the hold on Harrison, and then we're like, well, hell, maybe Bethard would be pretty damn good, right? Like, he yeah, hit right. Ridley with that big play, and, yeah. and Ridley responded. and, and Big-time catch by Calvin, I thought. Big-time catch, adjusted, right? Adjusted, did, it, it, yeah, made a made an above-the-X's-and-O's play. Game-changing right. play. Then, then yeah. you know, but. Make the one where it falls out of the sky and hits you in the stomach as you're laying there at the yeah. end of the first half, and maybe you get three there, and then it, who knows? You know, it just yeah. it, it, like ah, uh, yeah, I thought that sequence was a a huge part of the game. The way the game is played now, when they were tied fourteen fourteen, I think it was around the half, and got nothing out of either drive. Yeah, boy, twenty years ago that didn't feel as deflating. Now, when that happens to a team, you feel like you well, feel now like they're everyone's, behind. Everyone's calling timeout with 17 seconds left. We're going to get the ball back with 17 right, seconds. Yeah. We may be able to get two big chunk plays and get a, a 59-yard right, field goal attempt. They got nothing out of a couple of drives where you felt like they had a chance to be at 28-14. Coaches didn't even let you try the long yeah. field goals back in the day. The middle eight's almost the fifth quarter yeah. in a football game now. Right. right. Like That's how important those minutes are and when you get nothing out of way. it. Yeah. You know? yeah. When they didn't get points there, that was my first uh-oh of the night. Yeah. All right. Final segment coming up, 641-1010 if you want to be a part of it. Uh, we'll uh, run the options for today's Chad and Sandy Real Estate Question of the Day by Johnny O, like we've done by you, and uh, we'll wrap things up very tidily on Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. His name is John Osher. Oh, knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, time's a waste, and we got to get out to XL Primetime soon. So uh, let's hit him up with today's 1010 Take. 1010. 1010 Take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 1010 Take. Brought to you by JM Roofing Jacksonville, your storm restoration specialists. All right, today's uh, question of the day, presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate, we ask assuming they all had to start, which of these Jags do you have the most faith in to get the job done versus the Browns this week? Is it C.J. Beathard in for Trevor Lawrence? Is it Parker Washington for Christian Kirk? Is it Blake Hans for Walker Little? Is it Greg Jr. for Trey Herndon, if it comes out? And, yes, we're counting nickel corner as a starting position. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit. It's not really cheating. I mean, it's, I'm answering the question. I'm going to say it's Greg Jr., but it's not because 
I have this incredibly high evaluation of his talents. It's that I look at the matchup and I wonder who's there to challenge Greg Jr. very much. And I know Elijah Moore runs out of the slot a lot. A lot of times your nickel covers him. I got to believe the Browns are going to run, especially if Amari Cooper doesn't play, they're going to run a lot of multiple tight end sets where your main outside guys are going to be covering Elijah Moore and whomever they run out there. We don't even know if Marquise Goodwin is going to play in this game. I mean, I, I just think based on what Cleveland wants to do and the personnel that they're likely to have on hand, I just think Greg Jr.'s task is the one that's the easiest uh, this week. Tony, how would you answer it? I would go C.J. Beathard. Uh, every time that he's been on the field in a Jaguars uniform, I've been impressed, right, with whatever they've asked him to do since he's been here. I'm not saying that I want him to ever have to play, uh, right, for this team, but I think as far as backup quarterbacks go, they're going to be okay with C.J. Beathard having to be the quarterback for a week or two, depending on what's going on with uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I would vote C.J. Beathard. Who would you vote for, John? I'm going to go junior for the same reasons that you said. Uh, for To make it more interesting, I'll talk about Parker Washington. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, he, he was really impressive the other night, and I, I thought it was really significant because you've sort of been waiting for a receiver other than the main three to sort of show you something. And he, he made a big-time catch in the end zone, uh, had a nice third-down conversion, looked like it's repeatable. The thing you worry about is second time in, once teams sort of see him, how you sort of adapt to defenses knowing what you are. Uh, he's a big player f- uh, to watch for me down the stretch because it, if he looks really good and is productive – then all of a sudden you wonder what they do with the receiving core going forward. Well, do you assume that uh, they'll take kickoff returns away from him this week because he's going to be playing so much more on offense? You know, I, I think they anticipated Dearness Johnson having a bigger role, and that's so they let Parker Washington pull double duty there. I would think. Right? I mean, if he's yes. replacing Christian Kirk, yeah. he's going to be on the field a ton. Yeah. And, in this uh, game. I, I would imagine yeah. he still does punt return. Yeah. Well, who is the second punt returner for the team now? With Kirk Hurt. I do not know. Whoever you uh, – yeah, I'm going to say Zay. Whoever you trust to, to catch, catch the ball. Right. Sort of what they did with Christian last year. Where it, Make sure you catch Agnew it. Is out. Bear catch it if you have to. Right. Catch the ball and don't bother with it. Right. If you, if you – right. right. Anything you run it back for is gravy. Right. You can't get hurt. have anybody with bad ball security. That would be my guess, but I could be, yeah. I could be wrong I about agree. that. I agree. I haven't really looked at that. I need to figure that out today. Over 500 votes on this. Parker Washington blowing it away, 58.6%. Uh, Bethard, second with 196 Despite our late push for Greg Jr., John, we can only get him up to 155 <laughs> And uh, Blake Hans, I think they're like, it's, uh, Miles, yeah. Garrett, Miles Garrett still drawing breath? Yeah, oh, mm. he is. Okay, 6.3% in Blake Hans. Yeah. I, I don't know. Who knows? You think we'll uh, they're going to play Blake on the left side? Uh, good question. Yeah, I would think just because Miles usually lines up on the other side. He usually so. does. I got to believe, though, Miles Garrett's going to flip and pick the I want matchup that, that he prefers. Yeah. I want some Blake Hans until Blake Hans shows me that I don't want him. Yes. <laughs> so, I, right. I mean, yeah. and that's not, I mean, Blake Hans no. shows up. Guys do it, right? Guys, guys show it. up and have performance where you're like, damn. Look at yeah. this guy stepping up against a pro bowler. So. Yeah, so that, that's – it's – Let's hope. Yeah. Let's <laughs> hope. All right, let's say hello to uh, XL Primetime out at Southampton today. 
Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, Joe C. out at Southampton, one of his favorite uh, haunts. Uh, Joe, uh, great sunshine, maybe a little cool today, but not a bad day to stick one in the ground and go chase a little white ball. It's true because, you know, we're always looking for just like a little bit different weather uh, for us because, look, we beat the heat uh, for, what, 11 months and probably 25 days, and we got about five days of cold weather. Anyway, it's gorgeous, man. It's sun-splashed, temperatures kissing 60. we got a bunch of people out here. It's the XL primetime Christmas that we have every year. The Marines are greeting the players as they come in, and their toys are filling up these boxes. And so it's such a feel-good day, as you know, uh, like the J-Fund, like so many other things that we do. Uh, but just seeing people come in with all their toys, and they bring in hefty bags of toys which is just awesome, uh, and so we're looking forward to it. we got a bunch of people that are supporting us, and we totally appreciate it, but uh, definitely ready to uh, go out and enjoy the day. All right, Joe, what will you be uh, digging into today? Well, we're definitely, you know, staying on the Jaguars theme and, and, you know, what happens, how do you respond, and, you know, looking at this Cleveland Browns team, and then also uh, a few more things in the college football world that we definitely need to get into because of the defections and the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. So we'll be doing, you know, pretty much football wall-to-wall throughout the course of the show. All right. Uh, have a great show, Joe. A great cause. Uh, go uh, collect a bunch of toys. Make a lot of folks happy at Christmas time. You better believe it. Thank you, man. We appreciate it, buddy. Uh, XL Primetime out at Southampton for the next three hours. All right, uh, Johnny O, what you got cooking over at Jaguars.com? You're going to save everything. You're going to fix it all, all the issues I've heard in the next few days at Jaguars.com. Is that true? Yeah, yeah I got that taken care of. Okay. Uh, what I was more worried about was <laughs> um, on the Ozone podcast this week, I'm hoping to have Evan Ingram. Uh, looking forward to talking to a veteran about sort of how you bounce back and how you come together in – but I think it's a really tough week. I think it's it's a week that's going to speak a lot to the maturity and and, and the character of this team. If they go win this, uh, I'm I'm impressed with the veteran leadership and their ability to handle tough situations. Yeah, uh, look, win this. I think under even if Trevor plays, I'm going to be impressed if yeah. they win under under the circumstances they're in right now. This would be huge yeah. to get this W with uh, Baltimore looming, even though you have them at no home. Doubt. Man, that's a, that well, te- that yeah. team's quarterback is the starter. Okay, he is their starter. <laughs> There's no question about uh, yeah. facing a backup uh, unless uh, something happens to Lamar in the next week or so. So um, that'll do it for us today, John. Always good to see you. We'll talk to you Sunday. It's getting here quicker, a little bit uh, more so yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, week. breakfast on uh, D Rock tomorrow. Yes, it will be. He's again. A, he's a bum. It's like every week. Yeah, he well, relied he went, on Calvin Ridley. Yeah, he, he relied on Calvin Ridley who let him down, but he also picked Tank Dell, uh, who got hurt and got him a big fat zero. Good work, D Rock. So, nice work. We yeah, I like to see guys get hurt, but if they're D Rock's guys, it yeah, and they're the and especially if he picks division players. <laughs> right. you know? Exactly right. You know, um, who does he think he is? I was going to tell him who he should pick this week, but I think that would be cruel. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that. Uh, pockets. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day. See you. Appreciate it. All right, uh, everybody out there, appreciate you weighing in. Uh, if you haven't voted in today's poll, you've got plenty of time to do it. We'll leave that up there until tomorrow morning. Over 500 of you already expressing your confidence in Parker Washington to fill in for Christian Kirk. So. Uh, For Johnny O, for Tony Smith, and for Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thank you for listening to Jaguars Today. XL Primetime next live at Southampton on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.